This is Emsolation. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of Emsolation Conversations. Look, you may be listening for the first time. You may be here because you're one of my guests, Queens. Does that give it away? Today I'm speaking to the incredible, the force of nature that is Constance Hall. And if this is your first time listening to my podcast, welcome. Maybe this is your first podcast, who knows? Uh, This is a safe space, it's a loose space, it's a forgiving and loving space, it's a warm hug. Think Madge from Neighbours meets the woman who works at the Myers Bra Department. We, uh, Constance and I went on a journey, as I guess you would expect if you know her and you know me. Um, I think she's one of the bravest people online. I've long wanted to talk to her about, you know, her approach and her resilience, and she did not disappoint. So, my name is M. Rossiano, and this podcast is called Emsolation, if you've never been here. And I started the podcast, you know, when we were all sent into lockdown way back when as a safe space, as a place for you guys to escape twice a week, pop in your ears, drown out the sound of your family, your partner, your work, whatever you needed. And then I realised, you know, the world's changed a bit and perhaps you're still going to need a place to go to escape to. So I've kept going. Plus, I really enjoy doing it. (laughs) Uh, I am putting on a live show this Friday night. I'm a stand-up comedian and a singer and a few other things. You know, I like to try everything. And if you've never seen me live, I'd love for you to tune in. You can get all the information at mraciano.com. It's a crowdcast live stream. I've got a band. My dad's part of that band. Uh, I'll be... Look, I've been working on a lot of isolation gear. There's a lot of jokes that I need to get out of my system before it's irrelevant and boring. I'd love for you to come along. It's 10 bucks. I'm behind a big glittery paywall because I'm worth it. mraciano.com. But it's time now to get to the chat. God, I enjoyed it. And I know you will too. Uh, she was, she did the whole thing on her son's gaming headset, which is very constant. <laughs> so she kind of looked like Madonna, kind of looked like a middle-aged male gamer, you know but still fantastic. All right, strap in, prepare. Uh, language warning, language warning, of course. You can imagine if Constance Hall and M. Rossiano get together, it's not going to be a polite chat, put it that way. I hope you love it. The person joining me today is someone I've known a while. We've never really met in person, I don't think. It's been more of an online love affair. She's a writer, a designer, an influencer. She's a mother, but that's the least interesting thing about her. She's the one and only Constance Hall. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm very honoured with that intro. Well, it's all true. I've probably missed out 90 other things. You do a lot. <laughs> I feel honoured that you picked me for an insulation episode. Well, why? Because it makes total sense. And also you don't talk to other people very often. You don't do interviews very often, do you? No, I try and stay away from interviews. I'll do like a big one if I get a big one, but like I don't like doing the tacky smalls, you know. <laughs> no. Nah. Thank you for calling me not tacky. That'll be a first. <laughs> you draw a lot of attention, don't you, lady? You really do. You can't fart without a Daily Mail article. <laughs> I know. I sometimes just Google myself just for fun and I'm like, what? Did we nearly burn down our house? Did we nearly divorce one? <laughs> I know. I did that before I spoke to him. I'm like, oh, God, I better go see what they've been saying. So you do a constant soul Google News and it's like, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, this poor woman, she literally <laughs> cannot do a thing. 
No, and the funny thing is that everybody like, that hates me comes and, mess- and comments on all of the things and what they don't realise is that they're making the media continue to write about me, which is ma- making me relevant, which I really never thought of myself as relevant, you know, <laughs> my seven children living in the forest burning down houses. And so I'm like, thank you because I was worried I was fading off into the distance. <laughs> oh, my God, seven children. Look, for those for those of you listening who aren't really across Constance, and there won't be many, um, just let everyone know exactly who how many people are in your household and ages well we have nine people in our house six <laughs> of our children live at home yeah. um, my stepdad's living with me at the moment when he's not here it's my brother I always have someone to help me my stepdad doesn't really help much um, <laughs> and I have six children one of them with my husband um, yes. four of them are with my ex-husband yes. and two the two older boys are yes. Uh, have a different they, – they were from his previous marriage. Gosh. So, yeah, it's a <laughs> – and there's always room for more. Oh, I feel no. like Pippa. I'm like drunk Pippa off home and away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Drunk Pippa. I always wanted Pippa to be my mum. I thought she was amazing. I know. Wasn't oh, she beautiful? She, she had room so for beautiful. everyone. <laughs> Didn't she just – you did recently. I, rem- I was watching you saying you thought you were pregnant recently and you're yes. not. Yeah, God. I was convinced I was pregnant. It was a phantom pregnancy. I, I go through that a lot. Everything. Yeah, I did a pregnancy test this week. I thought I was too. I've <laughs> never been more that? relieved in my life. Oh, my God. Have you yeah. had another baby? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd have 20 kids if I could. My husband, oh, on the really? other hand, no. Azalea is so beautiful. <gasps> well, so is Raj. They're not that far apart in age. How old's your youngest baby? Um, Raj just turned two. Oh, yeah, Elio's one and a half. He is. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful having a baby because my last experience was twins mm. and they were born, they're five now, and I was just dead set like I'm never having another child because um, it was so hard. I was basically yeah. on my own, like I was on and off on my own. And then like I feel like having Raja, having a husband that doesn't work, he's at home with me, so it's mm. so much easier and it like feels like I'm ending it on a high, do you know what I mean? Same. And yeah. I've never been more in love with being a mother. Like yeah. before, I mean, I had my first when I was 21 and and I was, and then the second I had when I was doing breakfast radio. So I don't even remember that pregnancy or her being a baby because I was not, I was out of my head. I was not surviving. Yeah. And yeah. so with this baby, I'm in my forties and I'm present yeah. and, and I just, it made me really love being a mother again. And it's made oh, it's me a better so mother different. to my other kids as well. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? It's really relaxed. I reckon when you have your first ones, you, cause you don't know, you don't know if it's going to get worse than this, you know, yeah. you don't know all this stuff. So you stress out and you miss it. Whereas with your last babies, you realize that it's not going to last forever. The sleepless nights won't last forever. They're going to grow up before you know it. And so you can just really enjoy it without the stress. It's true. Oh my yeah. God. I love how we've just like gone, don't fucking call us mummy bloggers and then we've spent the last five minutes. And all we want to talk about is our babies. <laughs> yes. And that's our prerogative, assholes. Far out. So so, true. Sometimes even I think to myself, who do you think you are saying don't call me a mama blogger? Your last 10 posts are about being a fucking mother. It's <laughs> like, true. But, but that's up to us. Like I always feel like people put the word mummy as an insult, as a way to make us less. And yeah, it's absolutely. Like, it's like daddy. Yeah. It's so patronising. Yeah. You know, like think about a fully grown girl saying, daddy, can I borrow $100? It's yeah. not a, It's not a, like something that you would imitate as, you know, a compliment. <laughs> no. But also just that like you don't hear men who write, but they're not called daddy bloggers. That's you right, know, you don't, exactly. Just, they don't, or working they don't, daddies. They're just like Ugh. men. Ugh. I know. Don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> there's so many things I want to talk to you about because you – and this is a lot coming from me. Sometimes you put things up and I'm like, oh, I 
Can I ask you, is there a post that you have genuinely regretted? Like is there one thing that you've gone, I wish I could go back in time? Because I know for you there's no regrets a lot of the time, which is why people love you. You just hang it all out there. Is there one that you're like, geez, if I could go back in time? I don't think with my public profile so much. Um, I reckon like in now that I've had time, now mm. that it's been years, I like at the time I would have said, fuck, why did I write that? Like I've written some really stupid shit. I wrote something stupid about um, women who can't have babies and how like, um, you know, I had all these, fr- I had a couple of friends that couldn't have babies and how they just made the most, they were the most awesome motherly people and I loved them around my kids and they, I couldn't understand why they couldn't have kids. They wanted them and, you know, I was like, you know, maybe I was, I was playing God. I was saying, you know, that maybe they make the best mums to kids that don't have mums or the best aunties and that maybe that's their role that's what they were meant for and all these parents who couldn't have kids were just like are you kidding me I don't Mm -hmm. want to be an auntie to your child I want to have my own kid you have no idea what you're talking about and I was still kind of learning about how you know about the whole our voices movement about how speaking for other people is so shit and so and then I didn't know how to because it was very new since I got a following so I didn't know how to respond people started getting really abusive so I started blocking them so I'm literally silencing the people that I was talking about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the whole thing was just such a mess. And oh. um, I learned a lot. So in hindsight, I'm glad that I did it because I learned from it. But yeah. you know what I mean? And I would never, and I really needed to learn those lessons if I was going to maintain a public profile. But yeah. at the time, I was just like punching myself in the head going, why did I do that? And oh, then other no. things that haters have taken way out of context. And at the time, I'd wish, you know, I wrote a blog about how, and I was completely using my creative um, license to talk about, it doesn't matter so much that your kid's nappy hasn't been changed, in, you know, all day and it's dragged on the ground I would say that in public as a joke mm, yeah. uh, in the written form everyone took that as bloody out of context and it was just became I think it was one of the blogs that really started gathering my haters together so they got their own groups and saying that I was the world's worst mum so at the time I was like I really wish I never wrote that because that was so stupid because I would never leave my kids nappy on all day they get a burning rash yeah there's been things that at the time I wish I never said but in hindsight it's like you know it is everything sort of plays out for a reason and I learned my lessons and I learned that you've got to play a different game online than you can yeah. in spoken form and yeah isn't it hard to stay brave like oh yeah it's really hard to continue to be brave online and and speak words you know will help other people but if people deliberately want to misquote you and take you out of context yeah. can be damaging yeah. like I once went Especially to the when they want to that's right oh they do I went to the maternal health nurse when Elio was born and Scott made a joke that I smoked in bed with the baby and like it was horrifying <laughs> And I said, I we came home in line, and I yelled at him like on camera. And then the and then there was an article on the Daily Mail saying that I smoke in bed with my child, <laughs> and it was just like it's yeah. so unfair because it's just so it's such a misrepresentation of who you are. It is, and not only that, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Like that's funny, and it's so annoying when you can't be funny anymore because of that shit. Mm. And I was like, all the people that don't know me and know how diligent I am with my kids and just read that headline and now in their minds whenever I pop up on the telly or oh she's the one who smokes a bed with her kid like I'm not <laughs> do you ever like want to just go my kid was the ducks of the school wasn't she like didn't she yeah. get like ridiculous genius HR yeah, and did. like you know instead of being relatable and relevant just go no actually I'm a shining star yeah. of a mum I'm a home cooking mum I yeah. work and do all this shit so go yourselves well that's see that's where I've gotten with that I the, <laughs> the only place I am completely rock solid on in myself is that I'm a good mother so I can't say I don't care what other people think of me because that's a lie because I'm a performer and I thrive on people loving me I'm needy <laughs> right 
But if someone ever tries to throw at me, you're a bad mum, it just bounces off because the proof is yeah. in the pudding with my yeah. kids. I've got these glorious children yeah. that are the stand-up citizens and smart and brave and kind to people who are vulnerable. Yeah. And and so, sure, say, but I, I know that's the only thing I know in my life that and I So have, it doesn't bother you, isn't no, that No, but so everything funny, else like, bothers me. Does it bother yeah, me you? me too, but, like, people that really want, the people that go, oh, I hate Constance because she's just a fat, ugly slut, I don't care at all. Like, who cares about those trolls? Jesus. It's the people that, but it's the people that come in and go, like, well, I think that she's actually really bad for parents in the country because she's really enabling and normalising this. And people that sound smart and, oh then, you know, gosh. like, that offends me because I think that's quite a persuasive argument. And I'm actually not, what I'm, I'm not directing my blogs to parents who should be, you know, in mm. jail and parents who need to have DCP take their kids away. I'm directing my blog to the amount of normal, gorgeous parents that I know who are mm. too hard on themselves. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Now, mm. look, I would like to take it back again, just so people who, you know, are learning about you now, that post that exploded. So before this, you were just kind of pottering around on Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. you had, you had, and then what was, what, what was the post that exploded? Well, it's funny because, like, I had posts that exploded, but I think, um, you know, with way more shares and likes, like 100,000 likes and way more shares, but because I I wasn't a name and it wasn't the kind of post that the media writes, it was more Mm. of a relatable thing that women were sharing. When I wrote a post called Parent Sex, um, Mm. it got a lot of likes. It wasn't my highest reaching one I'd ever done, but it was so, like, media really wanted to grab it because it was such a good headline and, Mm. you know, such good clickbait. So that's when I started to become Constance Hall and not just mom blogger says. You know? <laughs> now tell everyone about parent sex. Parent sex was just a blog that I wrote about how shit my sex life was, how I, um, you know, just had a real, a quickie. I think I was having sex about once a year at the time. So <laughs> it was really important to me to write about it. Had mm. a quickie while the kids were screaming in the next room and they were watching, you know, bloody cartoons and mm. we were just trying to hold the foot against the door so no one came in and basically I was just trying to root my husband so he would shut the fuck up for a few days and <laughs> um and it worked and then I wrote about it and it was a three minutes shag and you know then I was actually driving down to um down to Denmark in WA which you have to go through the forest and it's out of range a lot and mm. I was every time I'd go back in range I was like oh my god this has got like 40,000 shares and then I was just like oh my god you know, all these different news sites that I'd submitted work to for years and no yeah. one ever wrote about, no one would ever take on my blogs. And um, all of a sudden they're all posting stories about me and some of them were like, so who is Constance Hall? And that made it more about me, less about the blog. And I was so excited, you know, like yes. I was just like, oh my God, this is like, oh, my Christmas has come at once. And then I went to the service station and this woman goes, are you that parent sex chick? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought that terrible three-minute route behind the door with Lauren <laughs> an empire. Like it's funny because online I feel like, especially when you're in the realm of parenting, I feel like the worse shit is, the better it is for content. Yeah. Whereas like the better things are getting, you know, because I think 2016 I blew up, my book went really well. And then 2017 I got to, you know, move down south where I wanted to live in the house that I loved. And I broke up with my husband and I fell in love with a man of my dreams. And then mm. I didn't really have any content that anyone gave a shit about because it was just like, yeah, yeah. You know, like people much prefer it when things are going badly. <laughs> Oh my God. Denim, can you have a 
fair or something because no one's liking my posts. Well, it doesn't matter because I feel like you and Denim are getting a divorce four times a week if we believe the press. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Denim is the dream man but he is lazy beyond – like oh, he's mate. much lazier than I write about because yeah. I don't want people to really hate on him more than they already do. I wanted to ask you about that because sure. I'm not allowed to – anymore <laughs> discuss when Scott and I have an argument because, you know, it's he feels it's unfair. Because you and I, I mean, me to a much lesser extent, but we have the ability to turn a mob on <laughs> and off. So I have to be very careful and I also have to monitor comments on my Instagram post. If someone writes something awful about me on an Instagram post for their own good, I have to delete their comment, yeah, not, not so much because it's hurt my feelings because I know what's coming. Yeah, I know. And then you get backlash because people go to me, oh, some queen, your page is full of bitches that turn on me if I say anything bad about you. And it's like, just what would your friends do if they heard something bad about you? Of course they'd all go fuck off. Exactly. (laughs) So what does Stanham feel about? Because you're very open. If you're having a fight with him, all your queens know that you're having a fight with him. And you've got millions of queens. So how does Denim feel? Does he feel it's a fair? Because he doesn't really have any, he can't really come back. He doesn't have the well, same. Well, hey, Denim has a blog. Let's not forget. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault no one's reading his post. <laughs> it's there if you want to search for it, you can find it. You can Google what's Denim's blog and find it. I'm not going to give it a shout out now. <gasps> Such an evil mole. Oh, no, my God. <laughs> The good thing about me and Denim, right, is this. I, when my blog like took off, I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I relate to you in so many ways. And I think that you relate to me in the fact that yes. everything else in my life just sort of, no, it doesn't matter. I put my career first. This is my, you know, I, yeah. need, to, I need to do it. That's how I support my kids. I'm a bit like yes. a man like that, you know, whereas yes. I, have a, I have quite a few friends that go, oh, no, I'll let the kids, I'll do the kid thing for a while. I'll let the husband have the work for a while. And I'm just like, no, nope, me nah. first. Because yeah, <laughs> if I'm thriving, I can make them thrive, you know? Same, same. And so, yeah. And so I, when the blog took off, I was already sharing everything and this is who I want to be. And I'm an extrovert anyway. So it's quite natural for me to just share things. That's how I process things quite, you know, externally. And um, I'm definitely not cagey about, you know, there are certain things that I don't want people to know, of course, but I'm definitely not that cagey about the ins and outs of my love life and stuff. So mm. in my first marriage, that was a compromise, you know, like, what do I say? What can I say? Do you mind if I say this? Then when we broke up and I met Denzi, mm. it was like, this is what I do, like it or not. If you want to be a part of my life, everything that we do is public. <laughs> and, you know, if you love me if, you know, or don't, that's totally cool. But it's just part of, it's how I make my money. It's how I support yeah. my family. And he was just like, hey, I actually couldn't give a shit. Like I couldn't give two fucks what people say about me. Denim was a drug addict for 20 years. So yeah, he right. has used to people absolutely hating him, thinking he's the scum of the earth, all the rest of it. And then when he got clean and looked after his kids on his own because his ex passed away, she committed suicide. And he he like did this huge, beautiful journey around the country with him. He wasn't out there bragging to everyone and saying, this is the new me, I'm clean, I'm this and that. He actually just doesn't care. Like, mm. so people might say the stuff about us and I'll be like, oh my God, did you hear that that nanny that we used to have said that like, we're really messy and blah, blah. Can you believe that after everything we did for her? No, no, no. And then we'll be like, nah. You just let it go. And that's just who he is. Like he doesn't yeah. take anything personally. So he doesn't really give a shit. Sometimes he does say like, you've got to ease up on the lazy shit, man. Like denim is crap. Denim is this, denim is that. Like, you know, it's probably not good for your career if I am such a shit husband. And I'm like, well, I can't make shit up, denim. Like get up and do some housework. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, denim, if you want to change the narrative about yourself, change yourself. Yeah, change it yourself, man. <laughs> make it bed. Do the washing. Don't expect a medal when you cook a dinner. 
That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think the yeah. excitement of having, because um, he's quite extroverted too, you know, so the excitement of having people talking about him in the beginning was was awesome. It was just like, oh, my God, there's like 3,000 comments of people talking about my life and it was really cool and then that wore off real quick, you know. Mm. Like I think he very quickly realised that if you don't work it, there is no benefit to having people know who you are. Yeah, true. You don't just get rich because people know who you are. You have to work really mm. hard to monetize your following and figure out a way that's really authentic so you're not being slimy and, you know, slipping in an ad for a washing machine in the background yeah. and yeah. that crap. So, yeah, it, um, he realized that the just not people knowing who he was wasn't really going to benefit his life at all, but he mm. gets what I do and that it all, is all part of a big wheel. I think it's exceptional that he gets it and is and because not many men would be secure enough within themselves to, yeah. That's true. Leave themselves open, but you know, make yep. a fucking bed, denim. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so what I want to ask you is, I'm I'm really obsessed with, I guess, just studying social movements and and the way the mob goes, and and people seems to, to with you especially, you're, you're very divisive, and I love that about you because it means you stand for something. People who stand for something usually that there's a black or white feeling about them. There's no, you know, mishy-washy, mediocre, lukewarmness. It's either love or nut, don't want a bar. So mm. I've got an idea why I think you rub women up the wrong way. I'd love to know what you think. Why do you think you piss certain women off? Well, first of all, on that topic, let me just say that um, I obviously I, I've texted you a few times in my career and I'm really grateful for that time that I texted you when I got my first radio gig or my only mm. radio gig <laughs> and, um, and, you know, the, the mob just turned and they were like, why would you put that feral bitch on air? And no, 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 I'm not listening. And I was just like, oh, my God, Em, Gemma's going to dump me because everyone hates me. And you were no. like, stop it. The reason that they've got you is because you're polarising. And right. that just really took a, lo- a load off. And I think I I've carried that advice with me a lot, like you know, you're polarizing, and yeah, I always replay that in my head, and it's like not everyone's going to love you, but that's why certain people will love you. Yes, and so I, yeah, I use that now as more of a superpower than a um, than a chink in the armor. It is a superpower because you know that old thing: well-mannered women are not remembered. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> you know, like it's just there's nothing wrong with standing for something, and not everyone's yeah. going to agree with you. But like, do you do you know why you do rile certain women up, especially? Well, and women come to you harder than men. Let's point this out. Yeah, they do. And that's I try and ignore that a lot because I try and, you know, do the pro-women thing. But the truth is that women are definitely the, you know, the hate groups and stuff are made yes. up of women. And, um, and I, I put it – I've studied it a lot and Denham yeah. had a point as well where he said, I think that um, – you know, like someone like yourself, you've got a, a career in radio and a music as a musician and as an entertainer and performer. So I can go and watch you perform mm. and I can be like, wow, Em is fantastic. Em is so good. I really love watching her. Whereas if I watch somebody who had the same skill set as me, which is basically just like able to sort of be funny on the fly and had and was able to sort of work her personality and shine a bit, I might get really pissed off at her because I know that I could do that better. And that's not fair. Like when you see John Butler playing guitar, you know you can't play guitar like John Butler can. Whereas mm. when you see me blogging something online and being really successful, you know you could do it better. So it sort of gets people a little bit. The closer to home a celebrity or a, you know, person in the spotlight is, the more it sort of hurts. Like people really hate on Tones and I in Australia because mm. she was a street um, performer and all of a sudden she's just been rised up. So I think all of the people think that could be me. I could do that, get really shitty. Whereas then you see the Billie Eilish's 
and she can, you know, like be, she's this huge 40 million, you know, fans on from the America and it's safe to fangirl her because you know that you couldn't do that yourself. So I do think there is an element, like Denim always says to me, I swear to God, it's people hate you because you don't have that skill set. You no. are just your average woman. Oh, my and God, And people think no. that they can be doing it. And I think no. that's kind of true. You're wrong. <laughs> well, I think you're wrong as well because I don't think that they realise how long I've been writing for and been teaching Correct. myself to communicate better and to get my point across easier Correct. and all that stuff. But I think from the Correct. untrained eye, from the outside, it does look like I am just a, you know, woman bitching about my life. What's so special? I think that's what the, the narrative is. Look, what's so special about her? How come she gets to be successful? We, I'm standing up. We have such <laughs> different opinions on this. <laughs> What's your opinion? Wow. I was not expecting you to say that. Well, really? I'm not saying no. it in a putting myself down way. I'm just but saying you it in a um, Let me tell you. First of all, let me tell you. You're going to be quiet for once, woman. You're going to listen. <laughs> First of all, what you do is not easily done. You're an, you're an incredible communicator. You're a great writer. You're able to take complex issues and make them palatable and understandable for people who are in, in, in hurt and in tough times. You can't downplay what you do. I believe that you rub women up the wrong way because you are so open and comfortable with the darkness and the yucky parts of yourself. And I think that triggers women who are repressed with those things. And oh. I think I think that you invoke shame in some women because you are so easy with mess, with heartache, with fighting, with anger and with all the things that traditionally we all try to keep hidden and then we paint this perfect picture. And I think because you're comfortable with that, it makes some other people uncomfortable because they would like to be you. And I think the fact that you're overtly sexual and you're happy with your body and you're sexy and it's almost like how dare you be that when I would like to be that but I'm so repressed I can't. And I think that you remind women of their shame and their repressment sometimes and that's why they lash out at you. That's what I, I like think. I like your version more. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> no one's ever spoken about me like that before. Yeah. I think, I think you are, I think you are too successful for anyone and even yourself to think that this is a fluke, that this is a, a shot in the dark, that you were just lucky that it was a, a, a viral thing. You have sustained this and you have grown and you're a real brand and you sell clothes and you are a CEO. And I think it's time for you and other people to take you more seriously because in, like you, you've proven it. You're a stayer. It's been years and you've got this loyal community who see you and love you for what they see and and I think that it's really important that everyone focuses on that especially you and that's what I do now I I I now just focus on the people that see me and after they see me still love me and they're the people I want to make art for and I think I stopped trying to go after all the people I I was obsessed with winning people over even people in my own community in in the comedy community and I started focusing on the people that already were here in my corner and that's when you can truly say, haters going to hate, fine, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, not going to listen. Because, you know, I was always taught that you don't cop shit from people you wouldn't ask for advice. And that is something that I hold really close to me all the time. So mm. I, I don't want to ever hear you think that the reason people don't like you is because they think that they could do what you do. I think that they're very jealous that they can't do what you do. And, look, maybe there's some cases where you're pissing people off because, you know, they do keep their house clean and, off. Oh, there's a cushion on the ground at Constance's house. But in the end, it's a them problem, not a Constance problem if they have an issue with you. 
because your kids are loved and safe and cared for and fed and that's all that matters and that's all they're going to remember. That's exactly what I think as well. I've always had that, you know, that I feel as if, and I, you know how you said before that you, when people say that you're a good mum, you just, you're shit mum, you just know that it doesn't bother you at all. Mm. And I would like to be at that stage because I feel like I'm still trying to prove my way of parenting is success. You know, it it is all that they need and all the rest of it. And they will have their ups and downs and they won't be ducks of the school because none of them are smart enough. They're so artistic. Yeah, that's right. And I nurture that. So I do hope that one day I can say like, look, they're all happy and they're all well adjusted and then they are now. So they're polite and gorgeous. So I do think that you're right. Like when somebody gets, you know, pissed off because I'm not doing the extra curriculum activities and doing everything, all that, it's their own issue. And I always say to myself, like, you know, if somebody wants to call me this and that and say all that stuff about me online, like if they came up to me on the street and said that, what would I say? I would say to myself, wow, this person's obviously got mental issues and they've escaped from an asylum or something because nobody just does that. Nobody that I know just goes up and says something horrible about people. So I remind Mm. myself, if this was face-to-face, would you take it on or would you be worried about them? You'd be worried about them, you know? Yeah. So I want to flip it on you. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> what kind of community did you like? Do you want to have and create? Like w- when you think about the, your queens, and when you think about Constance Hall as a brand, although we hate that word, what is the overall you know environment and and feeling you want people to get from you and and what you've made? Well, I you know when I go and do my tours, right, I meet these women, and I don't think people really. Um, really understand how damaged and broken the majority of us women, especially when we go into parenting, are. You know, I get so many tears on my shoulders of people who have been, you know, controlled by uh, emotionally abusive people or they've had their children taken from them or whatever, this hard, hard hardship and, you know, people that have had drug problems. And I think because I talk so much about so much stuff, they feel okay and they feel safe to talk to me about things that they've really not been allowed to talk about to anyone, especially Mm. online. So that I love the the idea that people can be vulnerable and can be open because I always say 50% of our problems are that we feel like we're alone with our problem. You know, Mm. so like I've got a problem and 50% of it is not feeling like anyone else understands. Then I go and talk to a friend and she's like, oh, my God, the same thing's happening to me. We both have a laugh about it. We have a drink. We get over it. And we feel so much stronger, like I can can handle this now. So that's – I want people to realise that they're not alone and to have that real, um, you know, camaraderie with each other. And there are people like yourself. I remember you wrote a blog once about Jennifer Anderson and like that dickhead she was married to Ben what's his oh, name <laughs> and he was in, he was in magnet in the back of the car and you she was oh, handing oh, a burger and he's munching yeah. in the back seat yeah. and you were just like go girlfriend you know you deserve a medal for this and I just want to be able to write like that I want to because so many people would have read other blogs on that and gone yeah she's enabling the drunk and she's doing this and that but if no. you write something positive about her if you would notice yourself all the comments are just like yeah she's a legend yeah and you know, you've really changed the tone so if I can do that and other people can do that and more of us are just writing positive stuff about women and trying to change that that narrative of like what a bitch what a this I'm better than her and competitiveness then it's a it's possible to be funny you don't have to be nasty and bitchy to be funny you know like you can actually be funny and raise women at the same time and Mm. you know it's entertaining and see it's just what women need right now we need to be shown a way in order to follow that way you know because we just take on everything that's around you and I see my little girl who I've always said to her like no bitching 
like, don't do that, don't fall for that. You can be friends with everyone. And then mm. I see her just falling for it because that's mm. just the way little girls are in school and all the rest of it. And I have a hero having a sleepover one night with like her best friend and then the next night bitching about that friend. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what are you doing, girlfriend? And she's like, I don't know, like it just came out. <laughs> and I'm like, it's something that we have to actively continually stop ourselves and other people you know like I'm definitely not going to say I don't bitch about people because I do but I try and pull myself up when I do it now and you know obviously I love a gossip don't get me wrong but I try and gossip in a like friendly tone and I notice that if I say nice things about other women you know my friends will say something nice about someone else it's just contagious it kind of spreads like wildfire yeah, it does. It does. And it also heads it off at the pass if that person was about to say something awful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you feel really ashamed of yourself. Yeah, if like yeah. You're about to start bitching and they sound so nice. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it is, it's teaching teen girls to not bond over bitching. And that is like absolutely. so many relationships are formed and cemented through bitching. And that's oh, a really. You're so, you're so clever, Em, because I completely agree. Yeah. You know, what do they say? Like having a an enemy in common. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. And it's just so true. That's what mm. girls need to do. They need to bond over other things. Correct. Yes, I yeah. agree. What are you working on at the moment? What's happening in Constance Land? You've always got something on the boil. I do, yeah. At the moment I'm about to launch, which I haven't said anything about yet, but I'm about to launch another brand called Queenify, which is like um, I'm collaborating with women in business and they're Ooh. making products for Queenify and then we're releasing them and that will come out in the next month, I think. And then I've got heaps of clothes coming and some really cool hair products. I've just got stuff coming out. Like I just feel really really lucky because it's just always kind of been my dream like I'm always thinking about I wish that I had a product a hair product that did this and this and now I can go out and make it you know or like I wish I had a pair of pants that did this and (laughs) made this and for short people and and like my business partner is just like really you want to do a short version (laughs) and a long version um, you're not lucky you've worked your ass off and I need you to change around so this I'll be charging you for this counseling session by the way I think I feel lucky because I enjoy what I Work, I do work my ass off and I work you real hard. Do. But I do, do it in something that I enjoy, and because yes. I did so long in doing it in something that I didn't, that's why I feel lucky, you know. Yeah. No, I I too am very. I I love that I lo- I get to do what I love. I mean, I just yeah. couldn't imagine doing anything else. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Well, that's exciting. I think we've probably solved all the world's problems in thirty two <laughs> minutes. I agree. What a lovely chat. Thank you very much for taking the time. It means a lot, and. Uh, okay. You know, I I look forward to when you put your own podcast out. Thank you. (laughs) And it will be amazing. I'm encouraging you to get going on that, but I know you have a million other things to do. Is there any parting words you want to leave any queens listening with? I'm giving you my platform, I'm giving you the mic. <laughs> um, I don't know. I hate it when people say that to me. Like, buddy, Ali did that to me on my 60 Minutes um, interview and I was like, you could have given me a week's warning for something no, wise. You've always got something good. You've always got something good. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I just want to part saying thank you so much for having me on your show. You've always been, uh, ever since you were like, blogging years and years and years ago you've been someone that I looked up to so to be able Aww. to like bond with you and have a little bit of a sisterhood in the industry going on I'm really honoured. A hundred percent I am here I will always help you and stand beside you of course. I know you do you're so sweet. And pull you up when you're putting yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> on that note well thank you so much Con and um, look we look forward to everything that's coming from you and uh, again you know you're a legend keep doing what you do and honestly just focus on the people that love you if, if I can leave you with anything don't cop shit from people you wouldn't ask for advice. Good, right? good advice, Em. <laughs> Thanks, Con. <laughs> Talk soon. Thank you. Oh, 
Well, I'm both uplifted and exhausted. What a woman. She's a whirlwind, isn't she? She's just all raw nerve endings and I see her and I get her. Uh, You can follow her. Look, you'll know. She's at Constance Hall everywhere. I don't need to tell you. She's got 2 million followers. She's an incredible woman. And um, I want to thank you again for listening to another Emsolation Conversation. The next one coming up will be with Tina Arena. Yeah, that's right. I know, it's pretty exciting. And if you thought Constance was, like, really given the energy, you wait till you hear Tina. I'm really picking my high-powered women. Uh, so that's going to be coming out next week. We're very excited with that. But, um, yeah, don't forget, tomorrow regular episode will be coming out of Emsolation. I hope you got something out of that chat. I certainly did. I'm ready to go and fight a bear. I don't know why. She always pumps me up. All right, chat soon, guys. Bye. Bye.